as you join us today, we want to say welcome back. And we want to also thank you for your continued support, for joining us week after week and believing in the ministry of Family of Grace. We want to say thank you to those of you who are supporting our television ministry financially and also supporting other ministries of Family of Grace and for believing in what God is doing. We realize that many of you uh, live just too far to get here. It's too far of a drive for you, too much of a journey. But we want to thank you for week after week logging on online or tuning in uh, on your television and being part of this program. As we are going through this uncomfortable series, I hope that God is doing a work in your life that is causing you to be rooted and grounded in His Word and not the situations of this world. If you have your Bible today, I want you to take it and turn with me to the book of James. I believe this message will encourage you. So in, the, in your Bible, in the book of James, in chapter 1 and verse 21, let's pick up there and begin to read this morning. Therefore, he says, ridding yourselves of all moral filth, evil excess, humbly receive the engrafted or implanted word of God, which is able to save your life. Now, as we look at this and we go a little bit further, he says in verse 22, you know this verse, your mama's probably quoted it to you forever, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his own face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and right away he forgets what kind of man he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it. You may want to underscore that word persevere. It parallels the word uncomfortable. You see, the reason many people won't persevere in the uncomfortable gospel is because it's too difficult. It's too hard. It's, too, it's, it's overwhelming to continue to abide by the word of God when everybody is mocking you for abiding by the word of God. Matter of fact, that's where we are today. No longer will there be a national day of prayer because we don't want people to feel uncomfortable. But you know what? Christ didn't come to make us comfortable. He came to make us Christ-like. He didn't come to make us creatures of comfort so that we could spin around in a holy bubble and bounce our way into the portal of glory and say, boy, that was a comfortable journey. No, he came into this world to make us Christ-like. And to be Christ-like, we've got to be a little uncomfortable because I'm going to tell you there's some things that I don't like to give up willingly. They, they have strongholds on my life, and therefore I have to be willing to press in to the Holy Spirit, lean not into my own understandings, but in all my ways acknowledge Him and allow Him to direct my pathway. So he who perseveres in it, and it's not a, for, it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who acts, this person will be the blessed one. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, but deceiving his heart, his religion is useless. But pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this, to look after the widows and the orphans and the distress and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Uncomfortable submission is what we're talking about. Jesus said, if any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. 
That word deny means to yield oneself to the authority of another. To yield oneself under the submission of another. And Jesus says, if you want to be my disciples, you've got to be willing to take up your cross and follow me. You've got to be willing to look into the perfect law of God and persevere in the way of the cross, in the way of the cross, because it is the only way that leads to victory. There are many pathways that lead to religion. There are many avenues. That's why we have so many different denominations because man takes what they think the Word of God says and they want to accommodate a religion that is comfortable to them. Well, I'm telling you that when they drove three rusty nails into the hands and feet of Jesus, when they lacerated his body with the cat of nine tails, when he was on the cross, when they were putting him through the mockery, when he was carrying the cross down the Via Della Rosa, can I I tell you that it was a little uncomfortable. It was a little uncomfortable when he was paying the price for our sins. It was so uncomfortable to be separated from the Father for the first time in his life. He felt what man feels to be separated from God. That's why at 3 o'clock in the afternoon he roared out like a lion and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's why God made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we might could be the righteous sons of God. Uncomfortable submission. Jesus struggled with it. Jesus struggled with it. He said, Lord, if there be any way to take this cup from me, please do it. But nevertheless, not my comfort, not my will, but yours be done. You know what your families are looking for? You know what our neighborhoods are looking for? They're not, our neighborhoods are looking for somebody who is engrafted into the body of Christ, engrafted into the Word of God, and is not a situational believer. I'll believe this thing one day and this thing another day, and all of this. When people ask, they always ask us, well, family of grace, what are you? I always like to say, we're the honk if you love Jesus crowd. It's the way we're programmed. It's the way we're wired. You just can't be a Christian. What they're saying is, what are you? What are you? And they always say, oh, you're non-denominational. No, 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 no. Non-denominational is, is a situational denomination. It's, it changes to the dynamic. It changes to the people. It changes to what's happening there. I'm telling you that we are a full gospel from beginning to end, from the Jesus Christ being in the Genesis to Jesus. Jesus Christ in Revelation from beginning to end we believe the whole account of the gospel of Jesus Christ and we want to submit and yield ourselves to the authority of the gospel because if you're yielding yourself to the authority of the gospel you are yielding yourself to Christ because John 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the only glory of the father full of grace full of mercy I'm telling you today that what God is looking for is somebody that will believe the word of God and put down some roots and say you know what I will be like the tree planted by the living water so that when the waves of life come surging about me I will have roots. I will be grounded. I will be secure and safe in the arms of Jesus Christ. Not situational ethics, not situational gospel, but the uncomfortable gospel. The uncomfortable gospel brings us to the uncomfortable acceptance. That's where Pastor Ralph left off last week. The uncomfortable acceptance. 
As we start this verse right here in verse 21, he's talking about the uncomfortable acceptance. Here's what he says. Therefore, since you have received, since you have ridded yourself of all the moral filth, all the evil excess, and you've humbly received the engrafted word of God, since you've received the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. That's where Pastor Ralph left you last week. You remember? He was preaching through the day of Pentecost. He was preaching through the, the multi-ethnic lenses. He was preaching through the multicultural dynamic that was there on the day of Pentecost. And you know what happened? That day, it says that over 3,000 men were saved and they repented. They said, Lord, Peter was preaching. He said, you have killed the prince of life. And they said, what must we do? And he said, you need to repent. And they repented and they were baptized. And it says, and the Lord added to the church. 3,000, the church was birthed. Look at this. The church was birthed. Over 16, over 17 different people groups in Acts uncomfortably accepted the full gospel that the Prince of Life, Jesus Christ, was killed for their sins. And they received it and they obeyed it. And you know what happened? You know what happened? They didn't say, oh, wait a minute, there's 16 different people groups. Okay, if you're Greeks, come over here. If you're from Crete, come over here. If you're from Samaria, come over here. There's 16 different groups. Pick your group. Find the folks that look like you, talk like you, act like you, and join up with that group. No, 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 no. That's not what he did. I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost fell in Acts chapter 2, the church was birthed, and the church was birthed in a multi-ethnic, multicultural dimension, and the church went forward that way. Somewhere along the way, man began to segregate it. But I am telling you that an uncomfortable acceptance, they obeyed the Word of God. They, they obeyed the Word of God. You see, it's one thing to say, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. I want to repent of my sins. I want to be baptized. I want to join the church. It's one thing to say that. But it's another thing to say, Lord, I'm going to take up my cross every day and follow you. It's another thing to live out. Listen, uncomfortable acceptance is one thing. But uncomfortable submission is something else. Because it means every day you are submitting yourself to the authority of somebody else. You're saying, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm reporting for duty today. Lord, I am submitting myself to the authority of you, the author and finisher of my faith. What would you have me do today? You ever approach the day that way? Good morning, Lord. How are you today? I'm in reporting for duty. What would you have me do today? To yield oneself. I'm reminded of the great story that illustrates this in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 18. You know the story. There was a rich young ruler and he came to Jesus and he said, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, well, you, you know what to do. You know, honor your father and mother. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. You know, don't do those. He listed all five things there in the book of Luke. He listed those off and he said, don't do these things. And that rich young ruler kind of breathed the sigh of relief. And he's like, Phew. boy, I've been doing all that since I was a boy. Yes, I've got eternal life. And Jesus said, oh, by the way, one more thing. Sell all and follow me. 
if you look at that in the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke, it's an interesting dynamic. Because as he tees that up for us, he says, don't commit adultery, don't commit murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, and honor your father and mother. Everything that he talked about was five commandments that relate to man. There's ten commandments, correct? And Jesus said, keep all five. Here's what five things you must do. We call that the horizontal, the horizontal commandments. Horizontally, I'm going to connect to my parents and I'm going to honor them horizontally. They're right here. Oh, there's my neighbor. I'm, I like my neighbor. I'm going to love my neighbor, so I'm not going to steal from him. Well, I love my neighbor around the corner, so I'm not going to kill him. You, you picking up what I'm putting down out there, church? And so he's saying all these things, but all the commandments that Jesus said were horizontal. Now, there's five other commandments, you remember? Like, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no graven images. Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Do not covet and, and, and do not take the Lord's name in vain. All these other five commandments, we call them the vertical commandment. Because they're not relating to man, they're relating to God. Five commandments relate to you and God, five commandments are horizontal. Here we go, right here. You picking up what I'm putting down? Say amen. All right, so here's what he says. He says, keep these five commandments. It's like, man, I don't kill my neighbor. I don't steal his chickens. I don't do all this stuff. We're all right. I'm all right with my people. And Jesus said, you may be all right with your people, but between me and you, there stands a bunch of stuff. He says, therefore, sell all you have and follow me. And the Bible says the man went away very sad because that was an uncomfortable saying. Are you with me, church? It was an uncomfortable saying, so he went away very sad. You see, uncomfortable acceptance was one thing, but uncomfortable submission was something else. All right, God, check, I've honored my parents. Check, I've not killed my neighbor. Check, I've not stole his chickens. Check, check, I haven't, bur- I mean, all these things. Check, check, check. I'm I'm good with my peeps. Okay, now let's get right with me. If you'll just do one thing. See, over here you had to do five. But if you'll just do one thing, you will not have a God before me. If you'll just do this one thing, you will not have an idol. If you'll just do this one thing, sell all and follow me, you won't have a problem taking Sunday off. The Sabbath off, Saturday actually. And so he goes through these things. And if you look at those five things, in that one statement that Jesus said, if you will accept the uncomfortable submission and follow me, the other five will be summarized in that one statement. See, we spend so much time trying to check religious boxes to make our preachers and deacons and church leadership and neighbors happy. And we forget about the ones that just make God happy. See, the problem was not wealth. The problem was it was a demigod. The problem was not that he had money. It was that his money was his God. And he was like, I can't let go. I can't let go of that. But you see, between God and that man stood a mountain of wealth. And so he did not accept the uncomfortable submission. So he went from, boy, I've done all that, to, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. And he lived out John 6, 6, 6. Lord, that's a hard saying. 
just can't do it. I'm going to walk with you no more. Instead of saying, Lord, even though it be uncomfortable, I'll follow you. See, my friends, joining a church is one thing. Being baptized is one thing. Teaching a class is one thing. Submission to the Holy Spirit, day in, day out, living out the gospel is something else. Do you know why we're in the shape we're in as a nation? It's because Christians have elected to not live out the uncomfortable gospel for decades. This did not just start. It did not just start. We're more worried about creating boycotts and organizing political and public boycotts of companies that don't agree with what we believe instead of just living out the gospel. You see, if you're living out the gospel, you don't need a boycott because you're just not going to bless someone who doesn't agree with what you believe. You don't need to organize. You don't need to do all of this. You don't need to put on a rally. We need to put on a rally at the cross and say, Lord, I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to yield myself to the authority of the creator, of the sustainer of my life. And God, every day, I'm going to choose to obey you. Lord, there's going to be some days that I'm going to mess up. Lord, there's going to be some days that I miss the mark. But Lord, you know I don't love you any less. And Lord, when I fall short, thank you for making a way for being that faithful advocate to plead my case for me. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You see, the rich young ruler, he had the vertical. But boy, that horizontal was working him over. As a church... What we desire to be is a church that focuses more vertically than we do horizontally. Because if you will focus vertically, you will not have a problem horizontally. But if all you ever worry about is horizontally, you will, have, you will never perfect the vertical. Because you're going to be so worried about making people happy. Making people happy. You're going to be running around changing the tablecloths and doing this and serving tables. And man, it, it's crazy. I was in Peru this week, got to a stop sign. They had this dude there. And unless you've been there, you couldn't appreciate this, but he was juggling juggles, and then he had a basketball, and he had it spinning and catching stuff, and he's in a, at a red light. Now, they don't really honor red lights too much there. And so I thought, this dude's nuts. And I watched him, then all of a sudden the traffic started coming at him, and he just stopped, stood still. And everything went around him. You see, the problem is that's a picture of where we are in the church. We're so busy trying to make everybody comfortable that we have made the prince of life, the one who loves us, the one who commissioned us, the one who challenged us, the one who died for us, most uncomfortable. Don't you get uncomfortable when your kids do something wrong and you wonder, how am I going to lead through this? How am I going to train them more than punish them? How am I going to bring them to the pathway of maturity? It's uncomfortable, isn't it? 
See, we're looking for the comfort zone. That's why people move around so much. I got to find a place that makes me comfortable. I got to find a place. So many people, they support us and they, 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 they support our mission. They support our vision, but they do it with everything except belonging. And it's because at the end of the day, it's just not very comfortable. It's not very comfortable because we come from different walks of life. We come from different ethnic groups. We come from different economical groups. We come from different generations. But you know what? I am more concerned about living out the uncomfortable gospel than I am about appeasing people. For you see, Jesus did not call us to gather, but to scatter. Jesus did not call us to live comfortably, but to live Christ-like. Jesus did not call us to appease, but to direct. Jesus did not call us to hate, but to love. And to love, you've got to say the truth we have a saying around here and it's we love you enough to tell you the truth you see if you won't tell me the truth you really don't love me and God's calling us to make a difference for his glory and his grace and this dynamic we must understand that partial disobedience partial obedience is complete disobedience partial obedience is complete disobedience obedience you realize it's getting hard i mean we're getting down to as my grandpa said where the rubber meets the road i mean we have a decree that's been signed by a governor that says if you preach against sin and it offends people then that's a hate crime you realize that just happened here so looks like we'll be planting a prison ministry somewhere because we're going to be in trouble and we have to make a decision right now. Will I live out the word of God or will I capitulate? Will I cower? Will I live out a comfortable life just so we can be free? You see, the rich young ruler, he only wanted to obey part of the gospel, but not all of it. There's a lot of people that fit that category. But I'm telling you what Alexandria needs more than anything, what our state needs more than anything, what our country needs more than anything, what our world needs more than anything is people who are adhering to the whole counsel of God's word. Would you join me? The Bible says this in Romans chapter 2 and verse 13. Interesting. He says this. For merely listening to the law does not make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. Not just listening to it doesn't make you right. Saying amen to the preacher doesn't make you right. It means getting out there and living it out. And then he goes forth in, in verse 14 in chapter 2 of Romans. He says, even the Gentiles who do not have God's law, stay with me, who do not have God's law written, they show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it even without hearing it. Now let that marinate for a minute. We've got people who hear the law all the time and never obey it. And then there's those who've never heard the law. But yet, by the divine moving of the Holy Spirit, they instinctively obey it. Now, which one do you believe is a doer of the word? The one who hears or the one who obeys without hearing? 
You see, we try to figure this thing out. Well, I don't know enough, Pastor. I'm a new believer. I do this and I do that. And I, I, just, I just can't measure up. I, listen, Jesus is calling us to a servolution. That we can be in the place by serving him creates a revolution. Serving him, serving him, serving him, serving him will create a complete revolution. You see, the uncomfortable acceptance leads us to the place of an uncomfortable submission. And then it's going to lead you to an uncomfortable religion. If the word of God is not leading you to a church that is believing the whole counsel of God's word, is living out the word of God in every sense of the way, then you need to ask God, Lord, show me that place. Show me that place. Show me that place that I can get there so that I can obey everything that God is saying. Jesus said this. You want to know what good church is? You want to know what good religion is? It's not good worship. It's not, that's not good church. Big buildings isn't good church. Good church isn't how many are you seating on Sunday morning. That's, that's not good church. He said, you want to know what pure and undefiled religion is? Number one, take care of the widows and the orphans. And number two, keep yourself unspotted from the world. It amazes me. I was thinking about this recently because I was in Peru and uh, I was having coffee at Starbucks. Worst coffee in Peru is at Starbucks. And I was there and as I was sitting there I was having a meeting with someone there and I was drinking my coffee <clears throat> and I started I started hearing you're a good good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I lost, I said, hold on a second. Because I thought I was hearing something wrong. And I let, and sure enough, the whole song was playing. Christian music was filling that place. And I thought, my God, I stopped the meeting. I said, dude, well, you don't understand. If that owner of Starbucks knew they was playing this music in here, he'd have a heart attack. Because he told us Christians to sell our stock. If we didn't like the new policy of his company, to get rid of it and go away. Go away. Take it. I thought, praise the Lord. They're over here in another country. They don't even know it. The gospel of Christ is bellowing out in this coffee shop. And what God is calling us to do is to get to a place where we are, are saying, God, I want to be unspotted from the world. Lord, I am willing to give up that I may grow up. Woo. Write that down. Somebody tweet that out. Something. Somebody help me in the house today. That we might give up the indulgence of the flesh. That we may give up the desire of the flesh. That we may grow up in the faith and leave a mark on our city, our nation, and our world in the name of Christ. Let it not be said of us that we sat by and let the world go to hell without doing something. As we wrap up this sermon today, I believe that God is wanting to do something unique in your life. God is calling us to a point of submission. 
As we talked about in the sermon, it's one thing to believe in Jesus Christ. It's one thing to accept him. But it's a whole nother level to walk with him each day. To live your life under the submission of the Holy Spirit. At Family of Grace, if there's anything that we can do to help you in that journey, we would love for you to write us, email us, send us a note in the mail. Thank you for those of you who are doing that. And also, call us, come see us. And today, if we could just encourage you right where you are, right where you are, to just pray a prayer of surrenderance, of submission, and say, Lord, here's my life. I want you to take it, and I want you to live in me and have complete reign over my life. We hope you have a great week, and this message has been a great ministry to you.